The Beyond the Gate program is mainly a listener-supported radio ministry. You can help us bring the message of the gospel to thousands of listeners each week with your prayerful support and financial gifts. Visit our website, btgprogram.com. Paul Golden is one of those guys who just seems to be doubly blessed to me. He works with two of the most successful sports organizations in the country, gets to serve the Lord in the process. Not only is he the team chaplain for the Pittsburgh Penguins' top minor league affiliate in Wilkesbury, Scranton, PA, but he's also the chaplain for the New York Yankees' top minor league affiliate, who's also in that Scranton-Wilkesbury area. Paul's a busy guy, but he takes a few minutes to join us on the BTG studio line. Paul, thanks so much, and welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Rick. It's great to be on. Now, I got that right. Didn't I? I, I got Wilkesbury for the Penguins. They go Wilkesbury, Scranton, but the, the rail riders go Scranton, Wilkesbury. Correct. It is confusing at times. Uh, the counties, uh, uh, the baseball team is in Lackawanna County, and they prefer Scranton, Wilkesbury, while the hockey team is in Luzerne County, and they prefer Wilkesbury, Scranton. So um, you get used to it, but it is confusing for an outsider. <laughs> Working with the Penguins and the Yankees, these are just, though, ministry opportunities for you. They're not really what you do for a living. Can you take a minute and tell us what what is it that you do? I serve at a school called Clark Summit University, uh, formerly called Baptist Bible College. Uh, we're located in northeast Pennsylvania. It's actually in Clark Summit, which is a suburb of uh, the greater Scranton area. Uh, I serve in the president's office. I am not the president, but I, I serve with him and help with his scheduling and scheduling chapel speakers and working with our trustees and, and, a, and a host of other uh, responsibilities. So it's a great opportunity for me, but uh, I enjoy these uh, these volunteer chaplain chaplain ministries uh, with both the Penguins and the Rail Riders. We've spoken with other team chaplains over the years on this program, but this just happens to be our second week on a new station here locally. So I want to ask you some of the things that I've already asked them. Can you take a minute and maybe talk about what a team chaplain does and what your responsibilities are to the team and its players? Uh, certainly. For specifically for hockey, uh, we're in the midst of our, our hockey season now. In fact, uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins uh, will play up in Rochester. They play the Rochester Amherst occasionally. So we're in that same uh, league, the American Hockey League. But as far as a team chaplain, uh, I usually conduct uh, a chapel each week. Um, usually it's on a uh, practice day, uh, not on a game day, not on an off day, but usually it's after practice. Then also, um, as opportunity comes up, I try to do one-on-one with the players, uh, maybe grab lunch with them afterwards, uh, oftentimes have them in our home. If they're married, bring their wives and kids. But just try to have a ministry of presence week in and week out, uh, not just for the guys that come to chapel, but for the entire team and uh, coaching staff. What do you find to be the very best part of your job? And for that matter, what do you find to be the most difficult part of being a team chaplain? Yeah, the the best part of the job, I think, is you know having that uh, the ability to interact with with men in particular and just to to do life with them. Um, obviously, I want to see them succeed uh, both on and off the ice, or you know both on and off the field for baseball. But I just want to see them succeed uh, spiritually. Uh, if they're not uh, yet Christ followers, I love to see, introduce them to uh, the the gospel and to that um, relationship with Christ that they can have if they are believers. Uh, like uh, you and I are, I want to see them grow in their faith 
and uh, not not just uh, be a baseball player, but be a baseball player who has a platform to share his faith. So for me, that's the exciting part of the job. As far as what's most difficult, probably the, the challenge is, you know, players come and go. You know, from one season to the next, you, you might have some returning players, but as is going on now in the off season, uh, hot stove. There's there's trades going on. There's players getting released. There's there's players getting added to the forty man. So, I guess the the trans the transient nature of both hockey and baseball is, is a negative. You feel like you're just getting to know a, a player and build into their lives, and then they get traded to another team, or they're a free agent and they they opt out and, and go to another uh, team. So, uh, that, but that's that's the nature of the job. Yeah, I've seen the Yankees actually making trades with uh, the Mariners this week, the the Marlins as well. We're talking with Paul Golden. He's the team chaplain for the top minor league affiliates of both the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Yankees. I imagine that many of our listeners are probably thinking it's cool to have access to star players, get the chance to know them personally. But when when for a team chaplain, it's not about that. It's about impacting lives for the cause of Christ, as you've already said. Do you ever, though— do you ever get starstruck? Well, that's a good question, Rick. Um, I, I'm, I love sports. Uh, I'm not an athlete per se, but uh, love the love watching sports. Uh, to be honest, when it came to the hockey, I, this is my seventh season uh, with uh, the Penguins affiliate. And really, when I started, the only Pittsburgh Penguin that I had ever even heard of was some guy named Sidney Crosby. I, I knew enough about hockey to know that he was a, a superstar that played for the Penguins. I never met him. But uh, as the years and the seasons have gone on, I've gotten to know many of the players. So for hockey, not really any star starstruck <laughs> syndrome there. But uh, for baseball, I grew up a Yankee fan. I grew up in upstate New York in the, the Elmira Horseheads area initially, then moved over to Binghamton. So I always had kind of followed the New York Yankees. So so it is a thrill for me to, to, to be able to minister to uh, you know a team that um, – kind of followed as a kid and uh, into my adulthood. So but as far as getting Star Trek, obviously these guys are real people. Uh, they have uh, real needs just like you and I do. They they have family members that struggle with cancer or um, they have family or wives that struggle with miscarriages. And same same consequences of living in a sin-cursed world that you and I face, they have to face too. So they're, they're real people with uh, real needs and uh, real desires and dreams just like you and I. So um, – that, that's kind of my role as a chaplain, not to be the fan when I walk through the doors, but to be there for, uh, in a sense, their spiritual, uh, a, a spiritual friend to help them uh, on the road of life. Being the top minor league affiliate in both the Penguins and the Yankees, you're seeing star players on their way through, and you're also seeing lesser known players who probably are not ever going to be at the top level. Do you find that those, uh, those, those top prospects to be more difficult in working with than would say the lesser known players not not really i mean for both hockey and baseball these guys are just uh for the most part average guys they want to fit in and and succeed in their their profession so I, i've i've not had any issues with uh, bigger name prospects maybe the issue would be maybe uh they get a little more media attention in the clubhouse, uh, so you might have to wait a little bit with the reporters, but um, for the most part, they uh, are great people to work with. Now, you don't have to mention any names here, of course, uh, but have you ever been surprised by a player being involved in one of your chapel service, someone who perhaps maybe by reputation or by the way they play on the field, you would have never expected them to be in one of your services? 
Well, that's a great uh, question, Rick. One, one guy comes to mind uh, several years ago uh, as chaplain with the, the hockey team. There's this big guy that just came down from Pittsburgh, uh, kind of near the end of his career, big six foot six guy. 250 pounds. He was the enforcer uh, back in the day. That those were more prevalent, but just a gigantic guy. And um, he's retired since then. His, his name is Steve McIntyre, and his nickname was appropriately called Big Mac. Uh, so he he was a guy. I thought, man, this guy's a rough and tough guy. There's no way he's he's coming to chapel. But he he, to my surprise, was a faithful uh, chapel participant. And as uh, so I got to know him, just a great heart. He, he's a father himself. Had kids, so. His persona on the on the ice was certainly different than uh, what he was in, in real life. So that that was probably the biggest surprise of uh, the the enforcer Big Mac uh, coming to chapel. Working in ministry myself, I know it's not always glorious. It, it's certainly not always easy. But there are times when you get to look back and and you see God at work. And I'm sure you've experienced a number of times where a number of God stories in your time in sports ministries. Bragging on him for just a moment, is there one God story in particular that sticks out in your mind that you can share with us? Sure. It was a couple of years ago, and I was able to give a, do a chapel service uh, for for the guys. And obviously, during the season, whether it's hockey or baseball, the, these guys or these athletes are unable to get to a, a regular church service because of the season and the demands of the game and travel. But anyways, I had given one chapel, and it challenged the guys, if they were Christ followers, to 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 make that that private decision public and to go public with their faith. And um, talked a lot about baptism and the purpose of baptism, and realizing that baptism does not save you. Baptism does not get you into heaven, but it's really like a almost like a wedding ring. You you make a a public profession of your your commitment to your spouse, and you put on that wedding ring. That's a public expression of your of your inward decision. So I I challenged the guys that day to uh, consider baptism. And about a week or so later, I got a call from a pastor, and it was uh, from this athlete, his home church pastor, and uh, he had been talking, I guess, over a couple of years about getting baptized someday. Well, that that week, this player talked to his pastor and said, "Hey, I want to get baptized this off season," and it was a, mm. a thrill for me to. To, to go to the church that off season and see him be baptized. So that to me that was exciting to see a player through the chapel uh, program be challenged to take the next step. And um, so he filed in baptism. And that, to me that's one of the God stories that sticks out in, in my mind. Getting back to something you said earlier, trades and call ups are just part of the job. It, it dealing with what you do when you lose someone that maybe is a leader in your chapel room, how hard is it to adjust and find others to rely on? Yeah, that's a good question. It, it, you know, obviously it's nature of the game when guys are getting called up or released or sent down. Uh, that's just part of the game, and I think the athletes know that. And I'm beginning to realize that, hey, God is sovereign, even in something uh, like sports and trades and call-ups. And I just they have to accept, hey, God, it's just time for someone else to step up. And uh, I look for that next person to be kind of the chapel leader. So, so it's a it may be disappointing at first, but I have to recognize uh, the sovereignty of God in that, and just um, look for the next person to uh, to go to as far as chapel leader. Following up on that, when a new player comes in, and I don't know if you know whether or not they have a faith in Christ yet, how do you go about introducing yourself and building a ministry relationship with them? 
Yeah, what I try to do, uh, especially if with hockey, I'm on Twitter. I, I follow, uh, try to check every day the website for the team itself just to see what players have maybe on the injured list, who's been called up, who's been sent down. So when I'm in the locker room uh, the next time, I know who to look for and, and basically just introduce myself. Hey, I'm Paul Golden. I'm the team chaplain here for the Penguins and uh, love to have you come to chapel. And whether you'd come to chapel or not, um, I'm still your chaplain and want to be of help to you. So I, I really just I'm the one that initiates that. Uh, many times if they're getting called up, they're younger players and kind of a whirlwind of getting them there in the first place. So try to be someone that, hey, I'm here for the season and for the long haul. If I can be of any help to you, um, I'm your guy. I know that professional athletes are very private. They're very guarded. And after a player is called up or after they're traded to another organization, do they tend to just move on or do you have an opportunity to continue that ministry relationship in their lives? Yeah, it really depends on the player. Um, except for hockey, I've been doing this. This is my seventh season. So it's been neat to see guys have got, gone on to the NHL, whether it's with the Penguins in Pittsburgh or with other NHL teams. Uh, so I've been able to stay in touch with them. For some of the guys uh, with techs and uh, if I see that they um, – you know, they get their first NHL goal or they have some kind of career highlight. I usually try to, that's a good opportunity to uh, reach out and just, hey, great to see you succeed in that way. Trust you doing well spiritually. God bless. The other nice thing is when guys are with other teams, especially in the AHL, I try to connect with them while they're visiting. So maybe they were, they were here in Wilkes-Barre the last couple seasons, but they've been uh, free agents and picked up by uh, uh, another team in the division or the league. Just try to connect with them when they're in town, either before the game uh, at the hotel or maybe after the game at the arena. Just a touch base. How you doing? How's the wife? Uh, how you doing spiritually? So I try to keep up as best I can uh, with that. But um, it, it is tough when you, you lose someone, but uh, you're you're happy because the, the, the hockey ministries for most of the AHL teams and most of the NHL teams have chapel or chapel leaders and chaplains in place. So it's nice to know, even though they might not be here in, in, in Wilkes-Barre, they might be with another chapel uh, elsewhere in the AHL. So that's that's kind of the neat thing about the network of uh, the hockey ministries chapels. I filled in a couple of times done chapel here in Rochester for the Red Wings. I'm, I'm just kind of curious as you were talking there. In baseball, you're doing a chapel on a Sunday for the umpires, the visiting team, the home team. Does it work the same way in hockey, or is it just the home team? Right, that's a good question. It, for, it's really different. There's, there's a lot of similarities between the two, but there are also some differences. And the big difference for hockey is that I'm only doing chapel for the home team. So the chapel, the chaplain in Rochester is only doing the Amerks, not the visiting team. So I'm only doing the Penguins. And like I said, for me, it's usually this season, at least it's on a Thursday after practice. So I'm just working with our Penguins guys. Whereas baseball, you, you do the home team, the visiting team. In some cases, you might meet with some of the front office people. And then you also touch base uh, with the umpires before the game. So it's a lot of similarities, but there are some some differences. I'm sure it's also depends on, on the players themselves, but you're talking about differences between the two sports, the way the hockey and baseball. Uh, does one or the other, does the structure of their schedule make it the, the players more open to the gospel or make you, make it easier, I guess, to build a relationship with them? I'm not sure there is a, a marked difference. I mean, for most guys, for, for me, it's really about building relationships with the guys, whether they're 
you know, swinging a bat or uh, swinging a hockey stick. Um, I, I, it does seem like baseball, there, there might be more guys in baseball that are more open uh, to spiritual things in chapel. Um, obviously, just because of geography and weather, a lot of the baseball players are coming through states like Texas and Florida and Georgia, you know, Bible Belt states. Mm. So they might be more inclined to spiritual things, and they're familiar with church services and chapel. Whereas hockey, um, many of those guys might have grown up in a church, but not in a Bible Belt area. So I think there may be more openness in baseball, but I think for both both of our affiliates, the, the players are certainly open to, to chapels. And like I said, it's, it's a voluntary thing. It's not mandated by uh, the teams. It's It's strictly voluntary. And uh, that way we don't – if someone doesn't come to chapel, they're not they're not ostracized. But um, I'm still their chaplain and want to be there for them. So whether they come to chapel or not, it, it's up to them. Once again, we're talking with Paul Golden. He is the team chaplain in Scranton-Wilkesbury or Wilkesbury-Scranton, depending on whether you're talking about the hockey penguins or the baseball Yankees, rail riders. Paul, can you share with us how you first came to know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes, I did. And it, I, I grew up in a pastor's home up in the upstate New York, uh, in the Binghamton and Elmira Corning area. And uh, just because I grew up in a pastor's home doesn't make me uh, a Christian automatically, right? Right, there, right. There, there is a, an element of it had to be my decision and a, my personal relationship with Christ. So at a young age, I was at Camp Lamoka there in the Finger Lakes in Tyrone, New York, actually. And it was a Christian camp, and uh, I heard a preacher give the clear gospel message that uh, we are all sinners, that we all are deserving and destined for hell. But Jesus Christ came and as a baby at Christmas time and lived a sinless, perfect life, uh, went to the cross willingly to die for our sins. He was buried three days, but then miraculously rose again. And that's what we celebrate on Easter. And it was at that point I realized that it's not what I've done or my good works or I'm a pastor's kid. I should be able to get in. It was my, my own recognition that I was a sinner in need of a Savior. So at that young age there at Camp Lamoca, uh, I became a, a follower of Jesus Christ. How can we pray for you, Paul? How can our listeners pray for you? Yeah, the big thing is that, you know, I'm always looking for opportunities to share Christ. Uh, so as I interact with uh, the players, uh, hockey season's going on right now, just uh, opportunities to, to witness to them and be of help. And I've found many times it's when things are not going so well that they're more open to the gospel, whether the, an injury, the, a serious injury or demotion or something going on with a, a broken relationship or a health issue with a loved one. That's many times when they're more open to uh, hearing uh, the good news of Jesus Christ. So just opportunities to share Christ uh, and also opportunities to serve. Uh, my wife and I uh, try to have the, the players in to our home. Uh, many times these guys are away from, from their loved ones back in Canada or, or, or Western U.S. and they're they're far from home, so trying to give them a, a home cooked meal and a, a kind of a place to belong uh, is really open up many doors. So just opportunities to share Christ, opportunities to serve, and uh, pray that I would be a faithful uh, witness of what Jesus Christ has done in my life and uh, in, in sharing with them. Paul, thanks again for joining us. It's been fascinating talking to you, and I enjoyed seeing you in the Dominican Republic a few weeks ago, and hope we have a chance to talk to you again soon and and. I'll see you there again maybe next year. Hey, thank you, Rick. It's been a privilege to be on, and I wish you the best uh, with your with your show. 
That's Paul Golden joining us on the BTG studio line, serving God through baseball and hockey, among other things. And I mean, does it get any better than that? Come on back. We've got more to do. This is Beyond the Game Program. How can I forgive when I can forgive myself? How can I move on when all I have is regret? 